ones are just trying to make a quick buck, those are the ones that usually end up losing money, ironically, right? They go in for the money, but they end up losing money. You know, so if you're going to do that kind of thing, if you're just looking for a return and not putting a lot of time in it, look more turnkey. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason, J. Lou Lewis. Today, we're going to dive into what is said to be a anti-financial advisor. Very interesting to see what that entails and how that relates to the real estate sector. Um, We have on today, Mr. Chris Miles, and he is the owner of What's your company is, is money ripples, money ripples. Okay. I want to make sure that that was right. So money ripples and you have been involved in us news, CNN money, EO fire, and you've been out there. You've been doing a lot of stuff. You have a great Facebook page, great website, a lot of followers, a lot of content out there. And I'm excited to have some of that shared today with our listeners. So, uh, Chris, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on Jason. Great. We normally like to kind of dive right into where and when was your first real estate deal or maybe that first real estate taste that you realized the power of getting creative in real estate and what it can do for you in your life. Well, I think the first taste was buying the first home, right? You know, uh, you know when I bought our first home, it was, a, it was an estate sale. So it was an old lady trying to sell it off and get rid of it. And it was, it was like built in 1971. I bought, I bought this like 20 years ago almost, right? But it was built in 71, had the same fuzzy wallpaper, you know, uh, wood paneling in the basement, calico colored carpet and shag, you know, like green shag. It was so tall that you could almost see like a cat's tail like bouncing through it as it's walking through the jungle, right? Like it was, you almost had to mow the carpet. <laughs> you could even just vacuum it because it break the vacuum cleaners. So it was, a, it was definitely like that vintage uh, type of feel and look to it, you know, but uh, I mean, that was the kind of thing was like, wow, like I'm buying this real asset. It was like my first taste of buying something that I thought was real, you know, and, uh, and, and that kind of got, got the bug for me a little bit. It's like, wow, I want more of this, you know? That's great. Uh, tell us what you kept of all of that cool stuff. What, what'd you keep of her vintage materials that was there. I'm hoping well, uh, you kept the cool wallpaper. That sounded, you said it was like fuzzy or something. That sounded like, you know, something that would just be fun to just sit there and just listen to music and I guess rub the <laughs> wallpaper or something, fuzzy wallpaper. <laughs> just stroke it. You're like, yeah. I don't need a cat. I got my wall, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, it was, shag, it was it shag wall, the shag carpet. Uh, when we pulled those up out of our flips, I always want to keep them because they're so cool. I <laughs> want to figure a way to do it. And every time we say no and we go ahead and pull it up, and once we pull that up and then we're pulling it outside and see the amount of just stuff and dirt that falls oh, out yeah. of that two inch shag, you're like, okay, <laughs> I get it. We can't keep it. So, but you got to yeah. keep something though, hopefully. We, we had one bedroom that we didn't actually redo with carpet. You know, we just left that one with the, the two-inch shag. And, you know, it was like that, that kind of olive puke green, right? Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of color. So it was the calico colored carpet we got rid of because it was just disgusting. And you could never tell if it was dirty because it looked dirty all the time, right? Exactly. But, uh, but no, the, uh, the wallpaper, we, we, didn't get, we didn't keep the fuzzy wallpaper. We took that down, but we did keep up some of the wallpaper because it was just so hard to get off. We're like, 
screw it. We're going to paint over it. So we paint over it and you could actually see like the design shining through the paint. It was kind of cool. It looked like we actually did it intentionally, but we're just lazy. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's I don't lazy in removing wallpaper. There's lazy just not do anything, but <laughs> lazy in way of not attempting to take 40 year old wallpaper off is just kind of smart sometimes. Cause that, <laughs> yeah. that is, I don't know what glue they used back then, but, um, it, it never came off. It, it's crazy. You. It is crazy. It's, I know a lot of times you just have to rip the, the drywall down and redo it. If, if you mm-hmm. want it off, it's about the only way. So, all right, you, you, you got addicted. You got that taste of that first deal. Um, you're like, wow, this is a tangible asset that I can actually get creative and add value to, which will then mm-hmm. add value to me financially and yeah. to my overall uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So it, it can help me, my family. I'm increasing the neighborhood. I'm increasing comps. This is this is awesome. So yeah. there was that. And then what's today? Well, today, man, uh, now I am ambitiously lazy, right? So uh, um, I don't like to do the active investing as much, you know, because uh, I mean, I, I, I love passive. And so I tend to go more for turnkey rentals. Uh, I'll get some syndications with, and such, you know, for like multifamily stuff. But um, for me, it's all about turnkey and passive, right? Like how can I create certain cash flow? It's not the sexy stuff. It's not like, you know, I'm not posting pictures on Facebook of my rent checks, right? Because it's not like the people that do the flips are like, hey, look, I got an $80,000, $90,000 check. I'm like, no, I want boring because to me, after going through recessions, a couple recessions, right? Like to me, boring is sexy, you know? So like I want that steady income coming in all the time where I'm not freaked out, you know? Like I'm not worried even if there's a crappy virus out there, like I'm still good, you know? And that's, and that's kind of what I do today. Is, is there a good virus or you, you, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just giving you a hard time? You're like crappy virus. You know, if a good virus is a good thing or something. That's so. right. But no. Um, all right. Well, that's awesome. And so we, we jumped a little bit and that's, that's a little my fault. I got excited about the calico carpet and shag wallpapers, <laughs> but I, we forgot to dive into the anti what? anti-financial advisor. What, what does that mean? Tell us about what that means and how that kind of relates to the real estate sector. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day when I bought that first property, right? Like I was actually the mainstream financial advisor. So the same guy you see that dresses up in a suit or whatever, um, you know, tells you to, you know, buy for the long haul, you know, buy mutual funds, um, you know, take high risk rate, high returns, like all the generic vanilla crap that's taught out there today even. I was teaching that stuff. And, um, and that was from 2002 to about 2006. And in 2006, um, I, started, I started to realize like when I looked at the real numbers, right? When I looked at the stock market, the stock market wasn't doing 10 or 12% like they were saying it averages. Because even though that's the average, that's not the actual return you get. The actual return you're getting like in the last 30 years, for example, has only been about 7.5%. It's horrible. So you take all this high risk of all this bipolar market stuff going up and down, and you only make maybe six and a half, seven percent after you pay your fees, you know, to the fund and everything else. Like that's horrible. So uh, I started to realize, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, is this really working? And one of my friends, he was getting into real estate investing with his dad, right? They're partnering up and doing stuff. And we were having this, this debate. It was the end of 2005. And we were debating about back and forth. What's better, stocks or real estate? And we're going back and forth, right? And finally he stops me. He's like, Chris, what principles are you actually teaching your clients? I'm like, what do you mean by principles? Like, you talking about rule of 72, compound interest? He's like, no, not even close. He's like, all right, that's too hard for you. Second question, 
How many of your clients are actually financially free where they don't worry about money? And I thought about, I was like, well, I got that. Re- those are retired physicians, but they're watching CNN, the communist news network. So none, like none of them are financially free because they're still worried about money. Even if they have money, they're freaked out. They're going to run out of it or something. Right. He's like, well, good. That's a great job, Chris. Way, way to get people nothing. All right. Third question. How many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free? Because if any of you, you know, if anybody gets this stuff and, and can do this right, it should be you guys, right? So how many of you guys are financially free, not off the commissions, but actually doing the investments you've been recommending your clients do? And I thought about it for a bit and I was like, none, maybe one. And I found out later that guy wasn't either. It was all facade, right? So the truth is no one has been able to retire off of mutual funds, like, like legitimately retire financially free, right? Um, including financial advisors that sell this crap. And uh, I was like, all right, you got me. You know, what, you know, what next? What should I do now? He's like, I, I don't think I want to even engage in this conversation further. I'm like, dude, tell me right now. He's like, all right, if you're really serious, get this book by Robert Kiyosaki called Who Took My Money, which basically rips apart mutual funds, right? And then he's like, and listen to this radio show that these real estate investors are putting on. And this is back in 2006. So back when it was actually AM radio, right? Talk radio. And so I started to, and I started to learn from these guys. And these guys have talked nothing about strategy. It was all about these principles, right? Like what are the actual economic principles behind everything? And, uh, and they even talk about founding fathers and all that kind of stuff too. Like they really went deep into this stuff. And I was like, this is pretty awesome. I got to learn from these guys. So in 2006, March of 06, I quit being a financial advisor, vowed never to go back. I was like, I will never teach about money again. I will just be a mortgage broker and I'll teach ballroom dancing, you know, because little known fact, I was one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers in the early 2000s, right? So, so I started to learn from these guys. And the next thing I know, I was able to retire myself in 2006. You know, now I didn't need a lot to get out of the quote unquote rat race because I was like young married with like, you know, living in that cheap 70s house with, uh, with barely two young kids. So it wasn't hard to hit like $4,000 a month, but you know, eventually I'm like, this is awesome. Like I didn't even know this was possible. I was hoping that I was 28 at the time. I thought that it would take me till I'm 40 working my tail off, saving up $2 million in the stock market to then live on 3%, which is 60,000 a year. Cause back then 5,000 months sounded rich. Right. And, uh, and now looking back, it's like, that was so stupid. Um, so that's what kind of got me out of it. And so eventually 2007, a bunch of us got together, says, let's start teaching people how to get out of the rat race. Let's teach them how to do this stuff and, uh, and start working with that company with the recession that was sucked in some ways, you know, and came out of it. And, and I've been basically being this anti-financial advisor ever since basically teaching that the, the traditional financial plan never works, never has worked ever. And I've, and I've seen it. I've inherited clients with decades of financial advice where those advisors have quit and I inherit those clients, they never retired either. Like people aren't retiring off this stuff. They're just hoping and praying they, they live a short enough life to not outlive their money, right? They hope that they eat enough ramen that they'll go broke and they'll die sooner, right? Um, but instead, it's like if you look at the alternative space, you look at like real estate and things like that, it's been proven to work. People actually become millionaires. People actually become financially free. And that just hasn't been taught out there today. You know, like it's, I mean, you're obviously talking about it, right? And I'm talking about it on my show, but I mean, despite that mainstream media is still telling us all to go put our money in crappy mutual funds that are high risk with mediocre returns at best. So what's some actual, 
action items then that you recommend to people instead of a mutual fund? They have, let's say, $1,000 or $5,000, or maybe they built up a little longer and have 50. So what do you recommend? You know, I mean, obviously if you're just like a thousand or 5,000 bucks, like dude, keep that. Like if that's all the reserves you've got, build that sucker up, especially now. Um, I'll tell you like the, I just had a guy today tell me, he's like, Hey, I I got 40,000 bucks. What should I do with it? I'm like, well, what's your expenses every month? 10,000 between my business and my personal. I'm like, then I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't invest at all. I'm like, go read, you know, richest man in Babylon again you know, because his pattern had been gamble, right? Once he gets a little bit of money, he gambles it. He just lost a hundred grand last year because he threw it in something that was tied to Bitcoin. It was like leveraging Bitcoin, making, he was like, Hey, I was making eight or 10% a month. I'm like, dude, like I remember that deal. Cause one of your other friends told me about it too. And I told him it was going to go under and what happened? They froze the accounts, you know, because the sec says, no, that doesn't look legit. Cause so he's lucky he'll get his money back if at all. Right. That's the kind of crap that happens out there. So I'm like, no, let's look at things that are more certain. So after you've got some reserves, you know, maybe you got 50,000 bucks. Cool. Like if that's more than enough for your cash reserves, look at getting your first real estate deal. I, I think the best thing you can possibly do is buy leveraged real estate. You know, like even if it means you put 20% down on a property, on a rental, right? And don't just buy any crappy rental out there. Like if I get, well, I get a lot of Californians reach out to me and they're like, yeah, like, so I have my house. And I have a rental property. I'm like, sell it. Well, I didn't tell you anything about it. It doesn't matter. Sell it. Like, <laughs> you're going to tell me the numbers. And I can already tell you the, the return on equity stinks, right? Like, you're making nothing. You know, so I had one guy in San Diego. He had a property of 400000 of equity. And he's only cash flowing 200 bucks a month. It's like, dude, you should be able to get at least a 1% cash on cash ROI per month off of that, that rental, right? Like, don't be looking that direction. Look, you can look out east, like eastern half of the United States, southeast and everywhere. Like they've got way better rentals out there than here on the west, western United States where I live. So that's the thing is like, you know, try to do something that's actually, you know, like actually a real asset. You know, don't buy paper stocks and all that kind of crap because those things aren't real. They're arbitrary. They, they fluctuate with, with, I mean, Trump tweets something and the next thing you know, you've lost 20% of your portfolio because he, he tweeted something that people didn't like that day, right? I mean, that's a crazy thing with the market. Like the real estate doesn't do that. It doesn't change because somebody tweets something, you know? It doesn't change because, you know, Warren Buffett says something. Like real estate is certain. Like it's the one thing that's been certain for years. And, and right now is like the best time because people think that real estate somehow will, will tank in the next recession. And especially with residential properties, I don't think that's the case at all. Like we already had that bubble. Like we didn't have a bubble leading up to this recession. The only bubble I saw was in the stock market, in stocks and bonds, both. Those were where the bubbles were, you know, not in real estate. And so right now I think residential real estate's a great place to be. And is that, would you say buying a turnkey property or buying a, a fixer upper, a value add, trying to learn wholesale, send some letters? What, what do you recommend to those clients wanting to maybe sell that first California rental <laughs> that they own with the 400K and then go place that somewhere? How do they go yeah. about placing and starting that process? It depends on them. Like, like for example, if, if you have, you know, if you have time, like you can definitely do more active investing, right? Where you might do a flip, you know? Now flipping right now, I mean, it depends. You have to be good at that. You have to actually get educated first. If you're just coming in cold, I would not recommend trying to like do your first little fix and flip when you know nothing because that's how people get burned, right? Like 
get educated first and then go into that space or just buy a turnkey. You know, like turnkey's passive, it's easy. You don't have to even manage the property. Um, you won't make as much money as potentially as what you can make on the other side if you're more of an active investor, you know, whether you're wholesaling, whether you're, you know, whether you're just doing a flip or whatever it might be, right? Um, but um, I will tell you, if you're already feeling maxed out based on hours of work, don't go the active route. Because every time I have clients that do that, they lose money, right? Because they just don't have enough time to put towards it. And then and they end up hating it. They end up just thinking their life stinks yeah. because yeah, they, they re did Resentment that. seems to be the kind of the key word that comes up a lot of times if, if yeah. they try to over leverage their time. Mm -hmm. uh, at, as I like to say, you have $24 in a day and <laughs> then it's gone. You, you yeah. literally can't replicate those $24 or 24 hours in a day. And, and uh, sometimes people try to do so. And if you're in the thick of it, Mm -hmm. Is it your kid's school program that just came up or say with this stay at home stuff, is it teaching your kids or is it the rental out of state that you're going to deal with? Guess yeah. what? Real estate loses every time. Uh -huh. So, um, That's so yeah. True. You, you, yeah, you get, it's, if you're going to do something like that, you got to enjoy it. Right. Like, yep. you, like I got a friend here in Utah that, I mean, he loves doing, you know, fixer uppers because he, that's what he does for work. He's a contractor. Right. So for him, it's like play. And that I think is the perfect reason. Like if you're going to do active investing, make sure it's something that feels more like play for you where it doesn't feel like work as much. Because those, those are the people I see that always come out successful. The ones that are just trying to make a quick buck. Those are the ones that usually end up losing money, ironically, right? They go in for the money, but they end up losing money. You know, so if you're going to do that kind of thing, if you're just looking for a return and not putting a lot of time in it, look more turnkey. Great. What are some other opportunities that you're seeing that might come up or arise here in the next six, 12, 24 months? You know, definitely. I think the commercial space is the place I'm eyeing. Like it's right now, like the deals seem to kind of stink, right? Or you have to be like really scrutinous to even find a decent deal in the commercial space. So maybe in the next few months, you might not find much there, but go out six, 12 months. Um, especially when you start looking at like business commercial space, I'm really curious to see what's going to play out with that. Right. Because I mean, that, that is a high risk gamble right now, you know, with everybody being at home or being forced to be at home and that kind of thing. Um, I'll tell you this morning, I was just messaging one of my friends has been in the self storage space for a long time. Like that's, that's one I'm personally looking into because, you know, recessions tend to be more friendly with something like that. You know, like people, if they're trying to downsize, great. They, they don't tend to downsize their stuff. They just downsize their space. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've been looking more in the self-storage space. And, and actually right now, according to him, there's been opportunities popping up left and right that he hasn't seen for years. And he's been in the space for decades, you know, so there's, there's opportunity out there. There always is going to be opportunity, but I think definitely the commercial type of space is the one that's coming up down the road where short term right now, residential still good. I think it's solid, but it's the, uh, the long term I'm looking at is the commercial to see what kind of deals pop up with that, especially with all the the people that got into apartments in the last couple of years that had no business going to multifamily, like those are the ones I'm looking for them to see, you know, start selling off by this fall. They're going to start freaking out and trying to sell off. And that's going to be an opportunity for those that know what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. You got to just be in it. You got to be educating yourself up to that time frame, meeting as many people as you can. And then all of a sudden, as your friend said, there's opportunities all of a sudden start popping up. Mm -hmm. So time, time is of the essence to, to get yourself in front of that, that next deal for sure. That's so, right. Well, 
let's take a quick break. Let uh, word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump back in with the final five and get get your thoughts on those. How's how's that sound, Chris? Sounds great. Excellent. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I am thrilled and excited to announce the launch of my brand new brand new YouTube channel. So I don't know if you like YouTube or not, if you watch YouTube or not, but if you do, head over and please subscribe to the Apartment Investing Show. This YouTube channel is 100% about apartments only. If you're looking to fix and flip, not the right show for you. If you're looking to invest in hotels, not the right show for you. This is the apartment investing show, and I mean the apartment investing show, and I'm thrilled and excited about it. If you can, do me a giant favor, run over there right now, if you're a YouTube watcher, and find the apartment investing show, please give me a rating and a review, like give us a thumbs up and subscribe, click that bell. We're going to be pushing out some amazing content on the YouTube channel, so if you are looking to scale and grow and get into apartments, whether it's syndication or just owning these on your own, the Apartment Investing Show is the right show for you. Go look for the Apartment Investing Show on YouTube right now, and I'll see you there. We're back from break. We have Chris Miles here, and we're going to jump right into number one of five final questions, which is, What's the most creative real estate deal you've done? And what's some of the creativeness that came about from that deal? Well, as I said before, I'm kind of going the, the boring route, right? This boring cash flow. So I'm, I'm like, if anything, I'm non-creative in the real estate space. But the most creative deal I did was actually back in 2006. It was actually with that, that first home I bought. So uh, I was looking for creative ways to do it. I could just sell it off because I was going to move anyways. But I thought, you know, I want to keep it as a rental. Uh, so what I did is I actually found an investor, um, got the full appraisal, said, here's the appraisal. It's like, it was like 165 or something like that. I basically sold it to the, you know, the investor uh, for the full appraised amount, um, paid them a lease payment, and then I went and subleased it myself and, uh, and went and basically tried to cash flow the property that way. So I basically didn't even own the property, but I got all the equity out of it and then was able to invest that and, and then even rent out the property even without owning it. That's awesome. So you, you master lease it and then you subleased it for a Delta gain, I'm guessing, rented it to him from a thousand and then you subleased it for 1200 or whatever that might be. Right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. How long did you end up doing that? Uh, it lasted for probably about a year and a half, two years. Okay. Yeah. The thick of the recession was like, all right, that's it. We're just dumping it. (laughs) Get rid of it. Luckily we didn't lose anything. It was just broke even on our costs. Great. Well, during the downturn, if you broke even, and didn't lose and you, you were a winner. winner. So <laughs> for sure, right. for sure. Well, what's, uh, what's a book that you recommend that you like to read yourself or listen to on audible? You know, uh, man, I, there's so many that I like, but I would say that the one that I love the most recently in the last five years is called the pumpkin plan by Mike McCallowitz. So it's uh, if you ever heard of profit first, he does that book, but pumpkin plans like the, it was, revolutionary for me because it got me working 50 or 60 hours a week down to like 10 to 20 hours a week, you know, but I was making more money doing it. So just all about leverage. And so that's, that's why I love that book. Awesome. Do you like, you like Halloween? 
Is that a, you a big pumpkin guy or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'm a farmer, I guess, right? I like to grow pumpkins. So. There you go. I like it. Well, I, I have not read that one. So I definitely will like to jump in anytime a, a guest says one that I haven't been able to, to listen to or read myself. So I appreciate that. Where do you see the real estate market in any specific data or numbers or anything you might envision in five years? And where do you see yourself at that time? You know, I see that the market's going to be just trucking along, you know, like, I mean, I have no clue in five years what it's going to look like, right? Like, I don't know where the deals are going to be, but I just know that there's always deals, right? And so, um, I see myself keep buying more, more properties, you know, just keep buying and building my portfolio up and keep that passive income growing, you know, like having been in the place where I'd be able to retire twice now, like the third time or sorry, second time, better not be a third time. Second time was three and a half years ago. And, you know, just getting those multiple streams of income was so much fun, you know, and, and that's my, always my, been my plan is keep growing that portfolio, keep building it and uh, let it go. Great. And then what's a way that you enjoy the most of giving back to the real estate or financial industry and adding value to it? Cause it sounds like it's treated you well over the years. It has. Yeah. I mean, obviously I could have retired, but I can't because everybody wants, wants me out of retirement to tell them how I did what I did. Right. Um, but that's why I did my podcast, you know, the Chris miles money show. Like that's kind of like my labor of love, you know, that comes from that. I mean, I, I think I'm about, I'm just over 400 episodes right now. So for me, it's like, that's been the thing where I can actually create greater impact. I can teach. And that's the thing. I love being a teacher. That's like my passion. Right. And so for me, that's, that's what I do is I can give back. I can change people's mindsets and get them to see that there's a greater possibility and greater hope than what people say there is because the same old mainstream stuff has been proven not to work. So why keep doing it? Exactly. So, well, I think that's it. I think the only question we have remaining then is if people want to learn more, it sounds like you have the podcast so you can, mm-hmm. that we'll put in the show notes, a link to it, the Chris Miles money show. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Chris Miles and- money show. Great. And then what's another way we can put there if they want to reach out directly to you? Yeah, you can go to facebook.com slash money ripples. There's a Facebook page there, or you can just go to my webpage, moneyripples.com. And uh, there's, you can reach out to me through there. Great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I was really excited to hear what the anti-financial advisor meant and it did not, it did not disappoint. So I really appreciate you diving into that and motivating us a little bit of how the powers of real estate can actually work. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a great resource out there and, and you're adding, adding to it, just adding value and content. So we really appreciate that. So. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Excellent. Well, as, uh, always my friends think outside the box. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Jason Lewis and myself, Adam Adams, are grateful to have you as a loyal listener. And I do have one quick favor to ask is if you are looking for apartment investing, then go to apartmentinvestingshow.com. That is the brand new YouTube channel that I just launched. Brand new YouTube channel. Uh, Again, this is only for apartment investing. That's all we talk about there. It is the Apartment Investing Show, and you can find it by going to apartmentinvestingshow.com.